It's good to be here and to share with you from the Word of God this morning. The title of my message is New Name, New Identity, New Purpose. And um, as a foundation to what I want to share with you uh, this morning, um, we're going to use the scripture, well-known scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 17, um, many of you, uh, most of you probably could recite this uh, uh, from memory. And it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, <clears throat> he is a new creation, or the old is gone, the new has come. Amen. And therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. That's another translation. Um, what I want to focus on this morning, uh, the goal of what I want to share with you this morning is to uh, realize that whatever name God gives us, whatever uh, God says about who we are in Christ, okay, it's, it's for a purpose. There's a goal. There's an aim. And uh, uh, it's important that uh, we, we find that uh, goal uh, worked out in our lives. Uh, recently, we considered together the fact that the Word of God teaches us that when God speaks to us, He calls us by name. Amen? And uh, we find in John chapter 10, verse uh, two to five, it says this, um, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. God knows my name. God knows each and every one of our names this morning. Amen? Whether it's our old name or our new name, God knows our name. And that intends that he, uh, uh, that means that he intends to have an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. He knows our names so that he can communicate with us on an intimate basis. Now, sometimes in the Bible, God, God changes a person's name. And it's important that we understand why God does this. What's God's purpose in changing uh, someone's name? There are significant examples in the Bible of God giving someone that new name. It can relate to a change in destiny. Or it can simply reflect a change in our status before God. In each case, God wants to instill a new vision for that person's life. He wants, all, he wants a new role to be identified for them. He wants them to, that he wants them to play in his kingdom. God never does anything without purpose. So there is a purpose behind it. When we look at Jacob, we see a man who was a schemer who cheated Esau out of his birthright and blessing. And someone said, it's no wonder Jacob's name uh, uh, had to be changed. Uh, and so he was a schemer, he was a supplanter, uh, uh, and he took the birthright of his brother. God changed his name to Israel, which means he who strives with God. 
And um, as we read the story of Jacob, we find out that there were times in his uh, life experience that he did actually strive with God. Then there is Abraham and Sarah. Okay, and Abraham uh, was a rich landowner who lived in a place called Haran. And he had most everything he wanted except a child. His wife, Sarah, was barren, but God's will has a way of overriding any human limitations. And he clearly commanded Abraham, and find out in Genesis chapter 12, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you, I will make you into a great nation. It was obviously very difficult for Abraham to uh, understand what God was saying, given the situation uh, that he and Sarah uh, found themselves in. Okay, uh, Abraham pulled up the stakes and he left his home and he traveled to a land he'd never seen before. And along the way, God gave him more details about his promise. Uh, and during uh, Abraham's, uh, if you can call it, conversation with God, God sa said to him, uh, Abraham asked God directly, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? God's answer left no room for doubt. God says, a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. So God changed his name. And then there are others that God ch uh, changed their name. Uh, some interesting ones, maybe which are not as uh, familiar to us. Um, Solomon's name wa was actually uh, <coughs> Jebediah. But God changed his name to Solomon, which means peaceful. In the New Testament, God changed the name of Simon uh, to that uh, of Cephas or Peter. He went from the guy who gets told what to do uh, that, uh, that is so strong in his convictions that he could hold the whole church. Amen? Then we, we read in the Bible about Saul's name being changed to Paul. Um, and so the thing we need to remember this morning that these are... Uh, that these names that God gave to, to, to these people are more than just a title. See, the most important thing is that titles confer functionality and functional responsibilities. Now, when I was in management in the business world, were there those who sought titles uh, but were never fully committed to the related responsibilities? And so God had a reason to confer new names on those who we've considered. God had a plan and God had a goal uh, which we can call his purposes for those individuals. And one of the things we need to remember when God calls us by name and gives us a, a name or a title, okay, uh, one of the things we need to remember that they are not simply confined to the immediate time. God's purposes are for eternity. And the new name given to, to these people, there was going to be a change in direction for their lives. And that change of direction in their lives was to bring them into the center of God's purposes, which are not only present, but also future. It reminds us that God's perspective 
right? From God's perspective, my individual purpose must be centered in God's eternal purpose. And that means that the part that I play now contributes to everything that will follow. I am involved in God's eternal purpose. My part is involved in the outworking of God's eternal purpose. Now, I think that's an awesome, awesome thought. It's not just about me and me now. I'm involved in something that is far greater, something that's ongoing, something that is going to be, contribute to the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose in the church. Amen? Um, see, so often when we think of what is God's purpose for my life, we see it only from the perspective of achieving or fulfilling our personal potential or being able to claim a title. It is simply seen as something to satisfy my need for significance and which really is a need of the flesh. <laughs> for the Christian, for the Christian, True significance can only be found when one's life is centered in the life of the church. By that I mean, I don't mean a church, an organization. When my life is centered in God's purposes because God's per church is at the center of God's will and purpose for the ages. God, Jesus says, I am building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And Peter reminds us in his epistle that we've been built together. We are living stones being built together. And individually, we are temples of the Holy Spirit, but we are being built together for a greater temple, a bigger temple, the church, which is eternal. Amen? Right. And so, as we've noted, there are times when God changes an individual's name. However, the word tells us that every believer is also given new names or titles. But whether it's God knowing my given earthly name, or maybe a new name he may have given me like Abraham or Jacob or <clears throat> Peter and others, or even if it is one of the new status titles which every believer inherits, as wonderful as that may be this morning, it is important to know that what that implies and means for our lives. What does it mean for my life? Whatever name, from whatever perspective, what, what does it mean for me on, in my day-to-day -day life? The assurance that God knows my name has given me a new name. But it must be seen, it must be demonstrated and outworked and manifest in my life. It must produce fruit in my life that glorifies and honors God. Or the blessing and assurance that I get from knowing who Christ says I am must be seen and must be demonstrated and outworked and manifested in my life. It must produce fruit that glorifies and honors God. You see, we are called, we are called to live up to what the name proclaims. 
The word of God says that we are to live worthy of the name of Jesus. The family name is known by the fruits of its members. Just as Christians are called to reflect the Lord with our actions. Unfortunately, there arose today who, who uh, tend to believe that they can live irrespective of the fact that God tells, they claim that God says, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other, okay, but they don't seem to uh, understand that that uh, puts on me a responsibility to live up to that name. And uh, the German uh, theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer called this living by cheap grace, living by cheap grace, which he described as grace without price, grace without cost. Believing that the essence of grace, those who don't live that in that way believe that the essence of grace is that the account has been paid, everything can be had for nothing. Bonhoeff again says this, that means the justification of sin without the justification of the believer. See, it's important this morning that as believers we do not settle for cheap grace, but that we live worthy of the costly grace we received by the death of God himself. Amen? Jesus died so that I might be redeemed, that I may know forgiveness. And that is a costly price. The, the word of God says we've been redeemed not with such corruptible things as silver and gold, but by the far more precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a cost. And I have, maybe I don't know if I've said it from this pulpit before, but it seems to me rather, uh, I don't know what the word to, to use is, but it doesn't make sense to me that Christ died, went to the cross, and all that he went through on the cross simply to make me a millionaire. Cheap grace. Paul wrote to the Romans, we are not saved so that we could continue to live in sin, but so that we may be freed from it. Amen? You see, as believers this morning, and we're going to come and look at what the Bible says about who we are in Christ a little bit uh, later. I can repeat, I am this or I am that until the cows come home. But if I am not embracing it by faith, and if I'm not submitting to the work of the Holy Spirit to make that which I'm declaring something more than head knowledge, it will remain simply head knowledge. And the result, and we see it all around us when people live like that, the result will be instability in my walk with the Lord. A life that is a constant up and down experience. A life that is continually held captive to fear and to doubt. And you see, Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
I'm also reminded of the point where Jesus, it says regarding Jesus that he was not just mighty in word, but he was mighty in deed. You see, and so we, we, it's not just claiming a name, claiming a word. It has to be something that's productive in my life uh, and, and brings me in, into the, the center of God's will and purposes. And so if, as believers this morning, we were fo as followers of Christ, God has given us new names. Amen? God's grace changes everything about us. When we accept him, we are made new, as we've read in the scripture this morning. Mm -hmm. We no longer identify with the person we were, but being, we are being transformed into the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Christ, the Bible tells us we are sons or daughters. In Christ, we are conquerors. We, and so on, and we could, we'll come and look at some more of, of those thoughts later. And because of our relationship with God, he calls us something new, something that reflects his promise and his purposes. Amen? And so... Um, you know, names are significant to us, since we need to know the meaning of the names and the reason we were given those names. As born-again Christians, all things have passed away. We're now new creatures, and Jesus Christ knows us by a new name. And it's something that he gives us, amen? It's something that brings uh, a positivity into our lives. And it's something that signifies something new is about to be manifest in our lives. I like that. Something new is going to be manifest in my life. Mm -hmm. See, this change of name stat status, if I can put it, when we talk about being forgiven and so on, uh, uh, and things like that, and those names, they're status names, if I can put it that way. And, but the, those names change reveals an eternal part of our destiny, our origin and our future. Praise God. And so this is a huge deal because God is holy. But he chooses to be associated with us, to make us name bearers, bearers of his name. Hebrews chapter 2 declares that Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers. Amen? Because of our sanctification, he even made himself like us, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, etc. All things new. In the scripture we've already read from Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life as began. Amen? Hallelujah. I thank God for that. Praise God for that. We're a new creation. We're not to copy the behavior and customs of the world anymore, but in our favorite scripture as a church, uh, in, in Romans chapter 12, 2, he says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Amen. All things are gone. I wonder this morning, do we really believe that? Is that our experience? 
the new has come. Do we really believe it? Sometimes we look at ourselves and it doesn't seem so. But praise God through Christ. Amen. He has the power and the ability to make us new. Praise his wonderful name. Later on in that chapter, it says that we're now part of a new covenant. Once we were separated from God, we were indeed, we were separated. We may not have realized it. Once we were, but now we are reconciled to him. Our relationship with God has been restored. And that is why God, Christ died for us. And that is a wonderful thing that this morning we can, we, we can enjoy in, in our relationship with the Lord. And praise God, not only have, do we have a new covenant, we have a new uh, motivation. We are now reconciled to become reconcilers. We have been made ambassadors. And praise God, when God changes us, he gives us a new purpose in life. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So becoming a new person is something that we ought to be aware of, the newness that's in our life. I don't know if this is a true story or not. Um, but it, it, it's a simple illustration about being made new. Um, St. Augustine lived a life before he was became a Christian. He lived a life, it says, this is from a, uh, an old writing of dissipation prior to his conversation. In other words, he lived pretty wild. Okay, lived pretty wild. And after he had changed his life, he was noticed on the street by a prostitute he had previously frequented. And she called out to him, Augustine, it is I. He ignored her while she continued. Augustine, it is I. But finally, he replied, yes, but it is no longer I. God changes us. God makes us new. Amen? Hallelujah. And, and it ought to be something that we, we recognize and realize in ourselves. And so knowing our identity in Christ is absolutely essential if we want to live a victorious life. Christian life. And yeah, I, now the, I think the, there's, I'm going to quote from a list of things that the Bible says regarding us as believers, and they're, they're all what I would call status names. It, it speaks to us of our status before Christ, uh, and these are things I, th I, I believe come from uh, the uh, book uh, by Neil Anderson. First of all, who am I in Christ? I am accepted. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? I'm accepted. Under that heading, we could put, I'm a child of God. I'm a friend of Jesus Christ. I've been justified. I'm united with the Lord. I've been bought with a price and I belong to God. I'm a member of Christ's body. I've been chosen by God and adopted as his child. I've been redeemed and forgiven. I am complete in Christ. 
I have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? I'm accepted. I can come boldly. In the book of Acts, we're told that we come through a new and a living way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a new and a living way. It's something that is it's real and, and practical in my day-to-day life. Amen. I have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. Secondly, I'm secure. Thank God for the security we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And to that we can put, I am free from condemnation. There's so many people living their lives, and unfortunately even Christians today who have not entered into the full uh, reality of what uh, God says regarding them, uh, they're living in a continual state of condemnation because of their past. But praise God, this morning, God has forgiven me. I am free from, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? I'm assured that God works for my good in all circumstances. I am free from condemnation brought against me and I cannot be separated from the love of God. Amen? I'm confident that God will complete the good work he started in me. I, 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 I believe that that's so important. That's so important. You see, when God has given us this new status, if I can put it that way, I, I can be confident that God will complete the good work he started in me. That is, that, that, that is something that the Holy Spirit wants to uh, burn within my spirit, own spirit, and within my own soul. And so no matter what I may face, no matter what I'm going through, me getting through that doesn't depend on my own ability and my own strength. It depends upon God. And I have confidence that God is going to do it for me. Amen? Hallelujah. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And maybe this is something that just fits in with our human need. The Bible tells me I am significant. I am significant. Amen? I've been chosen and I've been appointed to bear fruit. Praise his wonderful name. Hallelujah. And we've already referred to this a little bit earlier. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Hallelujah. I'm seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realm. What does that mean? It simply means that Jesus now has sat down at the right hand of God the Father. And he has authority over all things. And I am, I, I am now with him, seated with him in that place of authority. Amen? And, he, and from that place of authority, he, he, he gives me the authority to overcome in this life. Amen? I'm seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realm. I am God's workmanship. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, when I submit to the work of the Holy Spirit, okay, um, God does the work. 
I don't have to work at it. I don't have to uh, you know, try and, and through my own efforts sort of achieve what God says I should become. But when I submit to the Holy Spirit, amen, God does the work. And we'll briefly talk about that in another uh, way uh, shortly. Uh, hallelujah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. But all those things, all those things are wonderful things to realize this, this morning. But they are all there so that I may find uh, uh, God's will and purposes being outworked in my life. As we've already noted, it must be something that goes beyond head knowledge. It must be a revelation. I believe of the Holy Spirit. A revelation that will take residence in and captivate my soul and my spirit. Paul one time said this, he says, I know in whom I have believed. Amen? Hallelujah. Job also used a similar phrase. He, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Amen? So when we, 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 we appropriate to ourselves by the work of the Holy Spirit, all these things that God says we are, amen, we will also be able to say, not by head knowledge, but by a revelation that has taken root in my soul and in my spirit, I know in whom I have believed. Amen? Hallelujah. See, when we are born again, we are translated into the kingdom of God. And as a result, our lives are now being governed by a whole new set of realities. Amen? They're kingdom realities. And these kingdom realities now begin to shape the person God has ordained me to be. In the past, maybe our lives were shaped by Satan and by his domain. But praise God this, this morning we can now begin to uh, see these new realities in our lives because of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we're talking about the kingdom of God and, and, and its effect upon our lives. You see, if our perspective is wrong, it will affect the way in which we carry ourselves as Christians and how we work out our salvation. But if our perspective is right, it will enable us to come into all that Christ has desired for our lives. And that will enable us to fulfill our destiny in life. I want to read from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 19. It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of wisdom in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. That's a, an incredible scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. That 
the Father of glory may give to you, may give to you the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. It says his calling, but it means of his calling in you. That's what it means. What are the riches of the saints? And you are one of the saints. Amen? So although it said, he, uh, the writer talks about it in, in a collective sense, it applies to you and me as individuals. What are the riches of the glory of God's inheritance in me, in each and every one of us? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us to believe, towards me who believes? How? According to the working of his mighty power in me. Amen? Hallelujah. 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 God's rule. God must rule in my life for the kingdom of God to have its effect. Amen? And so Jesus came preaching the kingdom. And the words of Jesus give evidence of the kingdom's power. And his deeds are the very works of the kingdom. Everything Jesus did and said was to be an illustration of what life should look like in the kingdom of God. Jesus was not simply telling us what it would be like living in heaven. He was showing us how, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can live now on earth. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Someone who says that the redemptive blessings of God's reign are now available to you and to me right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May, may, praise God this morning. Although we may have, uh, prior to salvation, we may have been under the power of, of, of sin and maybe Satan ruled in our lives. God has defeated the dark powers of Satan and has led us away to a new home. Amen? That The kingdom where he uh, now rules and reigns. Praise his wonderful name. Hallelujah. And salvation is to become a present experience of new way of living. Amen? Hallelujah. So, this morning, God is calling us to live as kingdom people. And the new names that he has given us, the new uh, uh, titles that he has given us, the new status that he has called us uh, and, and, and named over us, amen, is something that he wants to see us living out in our day-to-day li day lives. It's not what simply knowing scripture, it's not just repeating scripture, but it's through the work of the Holy Spirit, those scriptures becoming something that is effective in changing our lives and bringing honor, glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. The kingdom of God has the power to transform our, our lives as we've already What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his <clears throat> mighty power? Amen? Hallelujah. What a wonderful thing that is. A, a new level of freedom that God brings us into and delivers us uh, into that comes from every time that God uh, takes us through different experiences, his power in our lives. Amen? We are no longer slaves to sin. 
Romans chapter 6 says this, that our, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. And then Romans chapter 8, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't have to settle with the person uh, uh, we may have come in this uh, outside of Christ because we now have the ability to change and be conformed into the likeness and image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. I praise God for that this morning. And so this morning, we have a new name. We have a new identification. We have a new status. But praise God, through that, we now have God's provision for us to live an overcoming, victorious life. Amen? It's not just about having a new name. It's not just about having a new identity, but it's about having a new purpose in life, a new uh, uh, hope in life that brings us into the center of God's will and purpose. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, that goes beyond my immediate situation. It goes beyond my immediate involvement, maybe in church life and ministry. It's all part of what God is doing through the eternal ages. Amen? Hallelujah. And I'm a part of it. I'm in there. Amen? Hallelujah. And it, 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 it seems a little uh, maybe um, uh, difficult to grasp that, yes, I am part of something that God is doing through the ages and through time and through eternity, I am involved in that as I submit my life to the work of the Holy Spirit and as I come into uh, uh, salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, it brings me into a wonderful new dimension of life. Amen? That's not confined to this world, but it's confined to the eternal things of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So we have a new name, we have a new identity, but praise God, we have a new purpose in life. The Lord bless you. Amen.